1: you have got to be in charge of your own happiness because there's nobody put on this earth whose job is to do it for you.
0: If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work. I want to do my life's work. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. How do you figure out... How to take your passion and turn it into a profit. You've got something that you've got to share with the world. I'm positive. That's why you're here. The show will not just give you inspiration, but some real life tools so that you can not just go to work and build someone else's dream. You can do the thing that you've always truly wanted to do. Make yourself the happiest version of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks to ClassPass for supporting this podcast. One thing that might kill your fitness goals in 2019 is boredom. If you're anything like me, because within a couple weeks, you're going to get sick of going to the same gym and doing the same workout. But that doesn't happen with ClassPass. You can get your first month free at classpass.com slash try slash dream job. That's classpass.com slash try slash dream job. And you'll get your first month free. Thanks to Robinhood for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. You can sign up now at dreamjob.robinhood.com. That's dreamjob.robinhood.com. Thanks to BioClarity for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. You can take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. And right now for my listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you're going to get a free clarifying mask with your order. That's a $25 value for free, but you just need to enter my code dreamjob at checkout. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I am so excited about today's show. Uh, Sarah Knight is here. She is a bestselling author. She's written a bunch of books that you guys have probably heard of. I'm gonna get into this in one second, but before I do, I just wanted to connect what I love about this episode with last week's episodes and the ones before that and the ones before that. Um, when Brandy was here last week, she was talking about how she built this you know amazing bookstore on wheels. and Greg Franklin was here and he talked about creating his cheesecake shop. And we've talked to all these other creative entrepreneurs. And here's the thing that we're going to talk about today that I think is really important. and I, and I want to just highlight this for a second. What often gets overlooked is that we've all been on this journey. Right. Like, I don't need to know you personally to understand because I've been on the planet for a little bit. I know that everyone has gone through battles that nobody understands. Like, I don't ever take for granted that everyone's, yeah, everyone's just doing great. Like, I understand that to be a human being, you've been put through stuff. Right. Like, everybody has gone through heartbreak and disappointment. And I know that there have been moments in your life where you feel like you have to cross an ocean alone. There've been moments in your life where you feel like you're like swept up in a tornado and you don't feel like you have any control over it and things are just like really upside down. I've been there personally. But here's what's interesting. I look back on my life and I realize as much as I would never want anyone else to live through some of the things that I've been through, I realize how those things help me uncover strength inside of me that I never knew was there. And it really showed me how to push past limits that other people might have thought that is as far as I would go. I've just learned in my life that sometimes pain really helps shine a spotlight, not just on our strength and our courage, But here's really where I'm going. I think sometimes pain, it's what we've been through that helps us figure out what it is that we wanna share with the world. Sometimes your mess is your message. Sometimes it's the cracks and the scars and the broken parts that actually motivate you to want to bring light into the world or that help you have empathy for other people. And that helps you figure out how you're going to add value and be part of this conversation of the world where you start to make a difference for other people. And I saw that in Brandy's story and I see that in my own journey. I know that that is what made me want to start this podcast is I grew up feeling pretty invisible and also watching my mother who's so talented, sort of dying to express these gifts that were just sitting inside of her. And she's so talented and she wasn't doing anything with it. And so the combination of me feeling invisible and watching her, you know, sort of self-destruct and go on this like suicidal journey most of my life, it really definitely is Why I'm so passionate about making sure each one of you hears me loud and clear tell you that you are put here for a reason and you do absolutely have a purpose, and that each one of you, like Andy J. Pizza said when he was here, I thought it was so beautiful. He said, Why do people love diamonds? He said, Because they're rare. He said, But what's more rare than an individual? Like your DNA, whether you want to look at it from a God perspective or even a science perspective, like that set of DNA, like that is unique to you, never will be, never was. So you're, you're doing something in this world that only you can do. And so I feel really determined because of what I've been through to share that. And so I want you to hear today's episode through that lens because each one of you has a unique story and a unique set of circumstances. And I think if you were to really understand the value of what you've been through, especially the messy parts, that is actually what helps you help other people because you can only help somebody else out of a well when you've been down in that well before. So I want you to get clear that none of that was in vain and that actually that's going to only help fuel you. And if you can realize what a gift Having that understanding and having that empathy is you can realize then that you making yourself the happiest version of you sharing whatever you want to share, whether it's your sketch, whether it's your illustration, or your cooking, or something you're designing, or a yoga studio that you're creating, all of that, right, what people really want is another human being who sees them and gets them and By watching you create that, you're also giving them permission to maybe follow their heart. So it's all really beautiful, and I'm so excited to share with you this conversation today. So today's guest, her name is Sarah Knight. She is amazing. She's written several books, which you probably heard about because she's been on the bestseller list, and so much of what she has to say is resonating so much with other people Um, It's funny because she calls herself an anti-guru, but I can assure you that you're going to pick up so many nuggets of wisdom from her. She's the selling author of a series, which includes her amazing books like The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving an F. Uh, She has another book called Get Your S Together. Uh, She has another book called You Do You. And her latest book is called Calm the F Down. (laughs) Sarah has an amazing story. Um, She went to Harvard, got a fancy job, did all the adulting things right, got her own place, was living in New York City, was working sort of at the top of her field at a fancy publishing job. And um, she had a panic attack and she realized that that success really wasn't doing it for her. She wound up changing her whole life. She moved to the Dominican Republic. She has a lot to say when it comes to making huge life decisions, when it comes to aligning yourself with you, uh, when it comes to dumping those obligations that are really not things that you want to hold on to anymore, when it comes to giving yourself permission to be your perfectly imperfect self. And let's be honest, we are all struggling with managing stress and managing how do we show up in the world and feel like we're being ourselves. So I think that you're going to find her really inspiring. This is going to be super helpful. So I'm really happy that she's here. Before we dive into this, I just want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor. The problem with New Year's resolutions is that you get yourself all fired up you're going to make better choices. You're going to eat better. All this stuff is going to go down, but it turns out it's not so fun to stop eating sugar and to work out every day by yourself. So we wind up not doing these things, but ClassPass is really cool. Okay. Here's what it is. It's an all access membership to over 14,000 of the best gyms and fitness studios all over the world. So you can go where you want, you can go when you want, and you can go how you want. But what's cool is that ClassPass is everything you need to make the workout fun because you can try new workouts, you can try new studios without any commitment to a single gym or overpaying for drop-ins. You can do yoga. You could do spin. You could do some strength training, a bar class. You could even do boxing. ClassPass gives you a variety and it gives you the accountability you need to attend classes. They've got something for everyone. It could be near your work. It might be near your house, but ClassPass is literally everywhere. Monthly memberships start at $15 and you can cancel at any time. You can mix it up and you can find the perfect studios and classes just for you. Get your first month free at classpass.com slash try slash dream job. That's classpass.com slash try slash dream job. You're going to get your first month for free, classpass.com slash try slash dream job. All right, now please welcome the brilliant Sarah Knight. Hey, Sarah, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad. I've been so fascinated by your work for such a long time and I'm like, we got to have you on. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm very flattered. So you went to Harvard, right? This is true. And then this sort of new thing happens where you are now out of the box in your own lane. Tell us a little bit about sort of the before and after of that whole process. And then let's dive into some of the wisdom in these books.
1: Sure. Well, I... I graduated from Harvard, as you said. I moved to New York City in 2000, and I immediately started looking for jobs in book publishing because I knew I wanted to work with books and on books and all of that stuff. And I started that career, and I climbed way way up that ladder for 15 years, and I was doing really well. Mm -hmm. I had a very good, very successful career and advanced really quickly. And I was really laser focused on that. That was my life's goal. My ambition was to get to the top of the food chain in New York City book publishing as an editor. Mm-hmm. And I just got to this point around 2014 or so where I I was just really unhappy and I didn't understand why I would be so unhappy when things were going so objectively well. You know, I also right. was married to, you know, the guy that I've been together with now for almost 20 years. We had a nice apartment in Brooklyn, like everything was going quite well. and. Yep. So I had a panic attack in my office and then a few Mm. more of those, and then I started to really understand what anxiety was, um, and I think I was also suffering from depression, and I just kind of did some soul-searching and said – for whatever reason, what I'm doing right now is obviously not making me happy. Uh, And what do I need to change? And what things, uh, you know, do I think would make a difference in my overall emotional well-being? And they were uh, stop working for a corporation and get out of New York City. And those were like, oh, Mm. well, those aren't tiny things those are pretty big things yeah um <laughs> yeah. so you know fast forward a few years and i am living in the dominican republic my husband and i moved here from brooklyn and mm-hmm. i quit my corporate editing job to work for myself originally set out a freelance business as an editor and then had the idea for my first book the life changing magic of not giving enough um, and that mm-hmm. really took off. And now I'm four books in to the No Fs Given Guides series. And that's my new
0: life. And it's pretty great. It's pretty, pretty great even just hearing about it. So I can't imagine <laughs> just living a day or a year of that and the honesty of it and what it feels like, what it must feel like to be congruent with yourself, really feel like you're waking up and you're doing you and you're in alignment with whatever is feeling true for you. That's what a concept, right? Most people don't ever do that. Yeah, for and themselves. it was
1: certainly challenging and risky and a little bit terrifying and at some point, you know, when I was about to quit my job after planning it for a year and setting aside money and, you know, building a website for my freelance business and everything, I said to my husband, you know, I just I I'm I feel like I'm going to die. Like I just had this like really panicky feeling and he said, "Well, you're basically murdering the person you always were." to become the person you need to be. So I'm not surprised. And I was like, you're really wise. Mm, That's Um, so interesting. And and it was true. Like I had been this type A, ambitious, you know, check all the boxes, do everything that was asked of me, do it yesterday kind of person. And I was really taking a big, a really big risk. So it was hard, but it worked out very well in the
0: end. It's amazing. And I want to get into so much of this. Um, I wish I had you here for 15 hours and even that wouldn't be enough. But let's just begin. Let's talk about the first mm-hmm. book and what you were hoping people would walk away from with that. What are you really trying to say? What was driving you for those readers to walk away with?
1: I think what I want people to feel is liberated because that's how I felt. I had left my job, uh, taken this big risk. I had moved on and I suddenly had all this additional kind of brain space and creative energy to even have a book idea. You know, I'd been working on Mm -hmm. other people's books for 15 years. And when it started pouring out of me, you know, all of the Fs that I was no longer giving toward things that didn't make me happy, like commuting and like dressing up and putting on makeup to go to work and, you know, my my Ann Taylor ensemble, (laughs) you know, now I wear a sarong every day and I don't (laughs) shower until 6 p.m. And so I was feeling very liberated. And that, is really the mood of the first book. It's me giving the reader permission to say, you know what, I don't care about this thing, whatever it is, a relationship, a task, an obligation, you know, even a hobby like running. I really don't like it and I don't want to do it. Okay, so don't. Spend your time, energy, and money on other things. Um, so I think liberation is the giant concept behind that first book
0: Yeah, let's talk about this for a second. Um, because when you say it first of all, it feels so good And I think all of a sudden I start to feel guilt, right? Like wait a minute Uh, I want to be a kind person an empathetic person. I want to serve At what point are you able to decipher? What really is your truth? And what is really this does not work for me. How do we decipher that so that we can actually really get liberated as opposed to being like, well, forget it. She's lost all credibility because that would mean I don't care about my family and I'm just become like a loser. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing is to be really ruthlessly honest with yourself. You know, you have to say, Sit down, and I I go through exercises in the book, which I refer to cleaning out your mental barn, and you sit down with all of the junk that's been collecting in your mental barn, all of the Fs that you're being asked to give, um, and (laughs) really honestly determine which ones you do care about and which ones make you happy. Um, in the parlance of Marie Kondo, the tidying guru, which ones bring you joy? But in my uh, in my language, which ones annoy? Um, right, right. really be really sort them really thoroughly, and then you can start deciding. Okay, I am, or I'm no longer going to give my f bucks. A word that rhymes with bucks, um, which are your time, energy, and or money to that thing, and the way that I suggest you do it is with honesty and politeness, and this is so that you don't become a jerk. You know, you don't become that person who's just decided to be uh, completely selfish with no care for how they impact anybody else's feelings. Right. And right. you have to decide eventually. Yes, there might be a thing that you don't really want to spend your time, energy, or money on, but you know that if it's important to you to be a good person, you should do it. And that's fine mm-hmm. because you will mm-hmm. have given up on so many other things that you right. will have a surplus of time, energy, and money. That's right, And it won't be nearly as much of an imposition for you to do that thing that you yeah. maybe don't really want to do, but you, you recognize that if you also want to be a good person, then it's something you should do. And there are also yeah. ways to do things your way. So for example, if you know your friend invites you to a cocktail you know dinner party or something, and you really don't want to go because you're a little socially anxious and you don't or maybe you don't like the people that are going to be there. You can mm-hmm. say no, thank you, but I'd love to see you one on one when can we make a date and yeah. you know it's really about not withholding your response to the last minute because that's rude. Right. It's not about saying yes to something and then bailing at the last minute because you knew you were never going to go. That's rude, that's impolite mm-hmm. but it's also about being honest with yourself. And yeah. then really honestly expressing yourself to other people without going into that rude zone. So you don't say, yeah. oh, I don't want to come because I don't like your boyfriend. Um, you say, I can't make it, <laughs> but I'd love to see you one-on-one. And, and that's yeah. why the method behind the entire book is called the not sorry method. Because if you execute it properly, you have nothing to feel guilty about. You don't need to yeah. apologize. You are not sorry.
0: Yeah. It was striking me as you were talking just now, and it made so much sense what you were saying that you by setting boundaries can actually serve the world more. And I was thinking about somebody like the Dalai Lama, right? Mm -hmm. Like if he was just being quote unquote, nice to everyone who came his way, like who knows if he ever would have been what he is now. Like he had to say no to lots of things to say say yes to what he needed to do, including spending hours in solitude. Like thousands of hours by himself alone in quiet so that he could gain whatever insight and and calm to be a force in the world for good now that's major boundary setting right and like we never look at that like he's being rude you know or somebody like that that's like a very extreme example but i think it really hits at home
1: no it's important so, it's like putting on your yeah. own oxygen mask before you help others you know you have to preserve your own mental physical emotional well-being or you won't be yeah. a tolerant Parent, you won't be a kind sibling, you won't be a good boss, you know, you won't be mm-hmm. a productive employee because you're so burnt out and you're so overwhelmed. You're so
0: burned out. Yeah. Now let's go back to the ways in which that manifests in our life where we wind up spending so much time sort of climbing some ladder that somebody else puts for us, except we realize at the end, like it's the ladders against the wrong wall. So in the book you're helping us get rid of the shame mm-hmm. around these things that we actually really do want to do and redirect our energy towards what we really what really makes us happy. How do we rewire our minds to start to notice And to prioritize those things that really are the right things for us. Well,
1: so the first, you know, aspect, as I said, is to be honest with yourself, to be ruthless, to sit down, to force yourself to think about it. It could be for five minutes. It could be for half an hour. It could be for a weekend away in solitude like the Dalai Lama. Um, But really think, look at all the things that I have going on this week. How many of them do I really want to do? How many of them really make me happy? And after you've done that, and, and I tell people this is kind of facile, but try it once. And you'll realize that the world doesn't end. Most of the time, if you RSVP no to something politely, people say, okay, sorry to miss you. And they go on about their day. You know, I didn't spend really any time thinking about the people who RSVP'd no to my wedding. Like, I'm not even sure I can remember necessarily who was invited, who didn't come. Um, And so I think a lot of the times we psych ourselves out from decisions like quitting our jobs or like not attending an event or you know whatever it might be. And if you just try it and you realize that most people are not paying attention to what you're doing, which is why it starts with being honest with yourself. It starts with doing something for yourself and then judging how you feel about that thing you just did because other people probably aren't going to give you much guff about it.
0: Yeah, it's very, very true what it is that you're saying. And it's amazing how often how we think that somebody's going to be disappointed and we make decisions about our own personal lives based on what we think someone Mm -hmm. will think about us. And I think you're absolutely right. I think people think about it for like four minutes and they go, can you believe that? She did this. She got divorced. She left her job. And then four minutes later, they're like, wait, I got to go. Somebody's at my house to paint the roof. They're over it. And and meanwhile, we're like living our lives in a prison because of what people will think. So in the next book you wrote, which is called Get Your S Together, um, you talk about how to stop worrying about what you should do so you can finish what you need to do and really do what you want to do. Give us some tools, like how can we start to get our S together when we feel like Now I'm like totally overwhelmed because there's so many things I want to do. Maybe I want to like stop wearing black and wear colorful things and beads and maybe I want to leave my marriage and I want to also move to the (laughs) Dominican Republic and now I'm very overwhelmed and I'm not going to do anything because I just feel like, too much.
1: Well, so there's two uh, really great exercises from that book that I think uh, will will bring things into stark relief. Uh, The first one is for people who are so overwhelmed that they don't even know where to begin. And it's called the what why method for setting goals. Because the first thing you have to do is set a goal. You can't pursue a goal unless you've set it. And you ask yourself two questions. What's wrong with my life? And why? And the answer to those two questions Mm -hmm. is your goal. So what's wrong with my life? I don't get to spend enough time with my kids. Why? Because I can't seem to get out of work on time. Okay, your goal is to get out of work on time. Now how are you going to do that?
2: Mm. And
1: to me, the, the backbone of that book is breaking things down into small manageable chunks, you know, whether it's the goal itself or the tasks that you have to do to complete that goal so that when I say, oh my God, I'm moving to a foreign country and I need to learn Spanish, that's a really big goal. Like, how about I need to buy a Spanish uh, flashcard set? Okay, one little goal accomplished in service to the big one. I wanna Mm -hmm. learn 10 verbs this week. You know, that's one little goal accomplished. You're not gonna become fluent in in another language overnight. So, what I really caution Mm -hmm. people to do is figure out what the goal is by saying, what's wrong with my life? Why is it happening? Therefore, what can I do about it? And then when you make your plan to do it, it could be saving money. It could be quitting a job. It could be, like you said, getting out of a relationship. It could be a big move, small thing, big thing. But you can always break it down into even smaller things. And then you can feel accomplished because it is easier to do a small piece of the whole. And then you feel good about it. And then you have yeah. those endorphins going. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, I'm on my way.
2: Right,
0: You right, know, right. rather
1: than setting yourself up for failure yeah. with something that is just way too big and complicated to do right away.
0: Yes. All right, before we go on, let's just say a quick thanks to our sponsor. So Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options and cryptos all commission free. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with real confidence. Personally, I love that the Robinhood app is really intuitive and simple and all it takes is just four taps on a smartphone and I can just place a trade because I've always been interested in doing stuff like this, but it starts to get really overwhelming and I was never really good at looking at, at number crunching or analyzing data like this, but they make it really, really seamless. Plus, they give you easy-to-understand charts and market data, and they send you custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, so you get to trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Even if you're brand new to investing, this is a great tool to learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. You can sign up now at dreamjob.robinhood.com. That's dreamjob.robinhood.com. So in the book, you talk a lot about mm-hmm. negative thinking and how destructive it can be and how powerful it is. Tell us a little bit of how it works and why that winds up being such a force for what we wind up having as our life, like our reality and what we can do about that. So
1: I call it the power of negative thinking. And you know i i've found myself in this role of being a writer of self-help books which is not something i ever thought i would i would be doing and a lot of self-help books and and their attached gurus are really aspirational and they speak about sort of achieving the the fantasy great thing that is on the horizon and for me that has not been the way that i have been able to make all of the big decisions and move forward with things in my life for me yep. it's been about confronting how bad it is now mm-hmm. and how I don't want it to be that way anymore mm-hmm. um, and that's what I call the power of negative thinking because for me to stand there and look in the you know metaphorical mirror or maybe the actual mirror depending on what's wrong with your life and say oh god I have to make this end this yep. this is no longer how I want to be is more motivating um, than sort of chasing like a, a, a pretty butterfly off in the distance. Um, that's just how it has worked for me. And I think it's a way to flip the mindset that is maybe, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think I'm the first person to think of it, but maybe putting it in those terms is speaking to people because I get a lot of, I get a lot of reader mail about the power of negative thinking. So.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, what I love about it is it's so mindful, like it brings you into the present and what it's asking you to do is notice the agitation And instead of sort of running from that by either, you know, being in denial, which is what we do a lot of times with self-medicating, we're on our phones or we're constantly just being distracted from that frustration and that agitation. Or what you're saying is sometimes people are like, let's, let's just look at like, you know, our new year's goals and focus on other things, like not be aware of what's going on in our body and our mind right now at all. Just look mm-hmm. forward at what you want to achieve. And what you're saying is eventually that sort of doesn't come together because you're not acknowledging what is going on. And, and what you're saying is it's so powerful to just come right here, arrive here in this moment, notice how uncomfortable things are. And then, What are you going to do about that? And that motivates you so much. And not only that, it gives you this awareness of let me be really like grown up and admit and own and take responsibility for what I actually feel right now and maybe try to look at why, what's behind this? Why am I so anxious? Why am I so frustrated? And then maybe something will be born do you have any tools that you use personally to help you get clear? Because I think a lot of times people are so cut off from their inner world that they don't even notice.
1: I mean, I talk about that actually in my newest book, uh, which is called Calm the F Down, which just came out a week ago. Um, And I call it Naming Your Tarantulas. And I won't go into detail, but there's a story in the introduction of the book about how I confronted my first tarantula here Mm -hmm. in the Dominican Republic. And it really set me on a path toward thinking that pretty much everything was a tarantula. Anytime I saw a shadow, you know, anytime something moved in the corner, I was like, everything is a tarantula. (laughs) Everything is a tarantula. But it's not. Everything isn't. Everything has its own name. It's right out there in the open. You can see it for what it is. And so I go through this exercise about, you know, figuring out what's behind your anxiety and whether it's, really anxiety or whether it's sadness or whether it's anger you know there's a lot of things that that can be wrong with you um and you have to name your tarantulas you have to sit down and go i feel this way why do i feel this way and sometimes it's not um obvious sometimes it takes You know, a little bit of thinking because you're like, I don't really understand, like nothing particularly bad is going on with me right now. You know, why am I so angry? And you can usually if you spend enough time and I'm talking like half an hour, I'm not talking days, you can usually trace it back to something. It's sort of like being your own therapist. I suppose it saves you some yeah. money in, yeah. in, in therapy. Um, but I say, you know, you really have to name the underlying problem because the only way that you're going to fix it is if you know what it is. If you don't know what the problem is, you call a plumber, you call a carpenter, you call a, you know, a mechanic. But if you don't know what problem they're fixing, then what's the point? Yeah,
0: it's it's incredibly hopeful, the fact that you think and not just think, but that you've been able to demonstrate this and this has worked for you. What do you do when you're sitting there trying to name whether it's anxiety, sadness, anger, avoidance? What are you doing? You're sitting there on the couch and do you have like a pen and paper? Are there certain questions you're asking yourself? So usually f- for me, it's it's
1: anxiety. So I don't usually get angry. I'm not usually walking around with a lot of rage. Yeah. But usually it's, it's anxiety and I go, okay, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling... Short of breath, I'm. I feel a little nauseous. I don't want to go out, like you know. And I recognize those feelings now because I too have learned about my anxiety over the last, you know, say ten years, and received some medical, you know, information yeah. and received some Google yeah. information <laughs> and whatever. But if I if I know I'm starting to feel what I would call bad, um, I will go like lay down, sit down, lay down, you know, by myself and just breathe, you know, very very easy, you know, in through the nose for four, out through the mouth for six, the normal breathing that they tell you to do, and just really try to zero in, why am I feeling like this? Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling like this? And, you know, I just wrote a whole book called Calm the F Down, and yet today – I was feeling really not calm and I realized it was because my book tour is coming up and I had been reading through the schedule of events and stuff before I went to bed last night and it really like got into my subconscious and started making me nervous about flying and being on time for things and speaking in public and all of that stuff. And once I was able to be like, oh, that's why I woke up feeling so jittery and weird. Okay, Sarah, let's apply your own, you know, let's take some of your own advice. What can you control? What can't you? How soon is this coming? What other things do you have to do before? Um, and I tend to take this really rational Logical, pragmatic approach toward talking myself down from yeah. those feelings, and you know, you sound like more like my husband or other people that I've talked to, close friends who've said, "I just don't understand how it's so easy for you to name your emotions." And I'm like, "It's not easy. It's just that I don't want to be feeling them anymore. Yeah. So I need to know what they are so that I can stop feeling." Oh my god, problems. it's so like good. it's all born from a desire to stop feeling.
0: That. Yeah, it's it's so good and brave of you to share, and so helpful. So thank you for doing all of. This this work for me i also my mind would be anxiety i think a lot of people uh suffer from that and i think we suffer unnecessarily a lot so tell us what you're in in this new book and i'm so glad we're talking about it because it just came out and it's so fresh and everybody should get it because it's so incredibly insightful tell us a little bit about the formula that you lay out in this book of how once we're aware of what we're feeling we can hopefully chart a course to get out of that feeling and to feel a little better
1: I'm gonna try to talk around my colorful language, but uh, <laughs> like I said, I attack these problems really with logic and and being rational and reasonable and pragmatic because uh, I'm not here to talk about your feelings or my feelings. Like I really want to get stuff done. I want to yeah. get things accomplished. I want to yeah. get out of a bad place and into a good place. Yep. Um, so one of the things I say is, you know, when the what ifs are circling around inside your head, and they're keeping you up at night, and they're driving you a little bit nuts, you know, look at them like you would on a a hurricane scale. So they measure the strength of a hurricane from one to five. So instead, you're measuring the probability. One is that what if is highly likely to come to pass, and five is it's inevitable. And then I have this scale. It's called the serenite well, it's a word that has storm in it that begins with a different word. Yeah, yeah. A bad word. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I actually stop and go, Sarah, why are you worried about that? That is highly unlikely to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, move on yeah. to the next yeah. thing. And yeah. the point is I'm not trying to tell myself go around without a care in the world. I'm telling myself to focus on the things that are truly likely to happen. And then I say, okay, how soon is it gonna happen? So, for example, with the book tour stuff, I said, girl, you got a week. There are other things you need to worry about (laughs) between now and then. You know, now is not the time to start laying awake at night running over, you know, all the stuff that I have to pack. Like, I know me and I will make a packing list the day before and it will be fine. So, I've gotta put some trust in future me and let today me worry about the stuff that's more imminent. And then the third thing is, what I call in the book, the one question to rule them all. And that is, can I control it? Mm. And if you are worrying, if you find yourself worrying, what ifing yourself into a panic about something you can't control, you have got to accept the reality of that situation and set it aside and use your time and energy, what I call your freak out funds, spend them on the stuff you can control.
0: Oh my God, that is so healing for me to hear. Oh, <laughs> I love what you just said like can you control it and if not set aside your budget of anxiety for something else. Exactly. It's
1: about conserve your freak out funds. I'm not saying you yep. can't spend them but spend yep. them on the things that you can control. And it works mm. too for for sadness. It works for, you know, you know if you're homesick it's like, well, I have a job to do, or my best friend lives across the country, and we just aren't going to get vacation days for six months, and there's nothing I can do about that. What I can control is planning that trip. You just, you really have to break it down. And and when you do, like I said, I'm not trying to tell anybody, you know, to never freak out about anything. It's just yep. choose your battles.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Now, it's interesting that we're going back to your other book that we haven't yet mentioned yet, um, which came before Calm The Mm -hmm. F Down, which is called You Do You, because I think it's a a nice way to sort of round out this conversation since we started with you doing Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And this whole show, Don't Keep Your Day Job, is about you going for what you really feel passionate about and following that whisper and creating the life that really feels congruent with yourself. So let's talk about it a little bit. How can we give ourselves permission to be who we're meant to be? the imperfect versions. How can we be okay with that and go forward when there's so much doubt running in our minds about it?
1: Well, I'm glad we're talking about this at the end because, and I shouldn't say this since I have a new book out that I want people to buy, but You Do You is my favorite of of my four books. Cool. And I think it's the most powerful. And I think it was the most cathartic for me personally to write mm-hmm. because it really talks about what I call the social contract and it's split up into three parts the do's and don'ts, the wills and won'ts and the shoulds and shouldn'ts mm-hmm. and covers um, you know a variety of categories of things that that people, your parents, society or your own self kind of thinks you should do or don't do and mm-hmm. the chapter on don't you know quit your day job. Um, was about taking risks. And, yep. you know, I told my story and I talked about how, you know, you just are never going to know until you try. And it sounds like a motivational calendar, but it's true. I, my version of it is you might die tomorrow, take a risk today. <laughs> but do what you want to do now, yeah. you know, make it happen now. Um, it's the best advice I can give is for people to not get stuck. And you do you is really all about accepting the person who you are, which is, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit selfish. You know, I'm, I'm a woman who doesn't want to have children and I get that a lot that I'm so selfish um, and that I'm wrong and that I'm making a bad decision. And I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know mm-hmm. my life. Like, I do me. Um, and feeling confident about that and being, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist, I say. Yeah. And so one of the chapters called Do Your Best really is like, you don't have to do your best all the time. You know what? It's okay. It's okay to give yourself a little bit of slack. Um, You're just going to drive yourself crazy if you try to be perfect all the time because even, you know, Olympic athletes who win gold medals aren't getting perfect tens across the board. They're winning those gold medals without being perfect. And so I'm just trying to bust some of those cultural and societal myths about what we should and shouldn't do and the rules that are set up for ourselves that maybe don't actually like really aren't that useful and maybe be holding us back instead of helping us move forward.
0: Yeah. So I want to just ask you another question. Um, How do you feel being our true selves helps us get what we want? Like, why is it so important even? What does it mean? Why is it that like getting in touch with our true self is what opens the door to everything else?
1: Well, you're just, you're getting rid of a whole bunch of stupid crap, time-wasting, energy-wasting, and money-wasting stuff that you'd have to do to pretend to be somebody you aren't. I mean, you're really just sweeping the decks of a lot of wasted effort. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for example, for me, like I said earlier, I'm just not somebody who wants to have to function in an office environment, and I was really good at it. Um, That's But funny. it was such a performance and such yeah. a waste of my capabilities and my time and energy. And when I stopped doing that, yep. it just opened up a whole new world. I mean, not just a world of of personal success, but like naps. I mean, naps. if That's I'm not funny. spending three hours a day in a meeting trying to convince somebody to make an expenditure yeah. or something. Oh, and God, it's I just can't even ruining hear it. my, yeah, you know, ah. it's, it's terrible. But to be your true self and to be a person who's like, I no longer want to spend my time doing X. You just, you're rewarded with all of that extra time to do yeah. so much more. Yeah.
0: Okay, I have tons of more questions, but first let's just thank our sponsor. BioClarity is a garden given skin loving beauty brand that wants to help you achieve beautiful, naturally glowing skin. What healthy eating does for your body, BioClarity does for your face. I love their Skin Smoothie Moisturizer, especially because I have really dry skin. You know, I grew up in Florida and now living in LA, we don't have that kind of free humidity everywhere. So my skin gets really dry, especially in the winter, but this makes my skin super soft and hydrated. I can feel really good about using this stuff because it's all natural ingredients. So I know I'm not putting any weird chemicals in my face. I also love their Clear Skin Routine, which is great for combination oily or breakout prone skin. It's a three-step regimen that rescues stressed skin Banishing bumps and erasing redness, you can just cleanse, treat, and restore. I really like their cleanser because it's gentle and refreshing, and I feel like my skin is so much healthier when I use it. Plus, all of this comes with a hundred percent risk-free money-back guarantee. You can take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin by going to BioClarity.com. And right now, for my listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you're going to get a free clarifying mask with your order. That's twenty-five dollars value for free. But you just need to enter my code DreamJob at checkout. So go to BioClarity.com and use my code dream job at checkout to get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine. This has all been so helpful and so empowering and life-giving. I want to talk just a second about how you did this whole thing, like you transformed your life. So what were some of the steps that you took that actually people could think about as like a blueprint? As just one person's example of how you did this, sure. And I and I outline a lot of
1: this in the second book and get your s together. So if anybody wants to check that out, um, perfect. I started with, as I said, the daily savings plan. I had a chart on my refrigerator of 365 days, and every morning when I put aside that little bit of money, I colored in a a square on the chart. And so as I was saving money, I was also watching the red lines fill in and fill in and going, okay, I'm going to quit my job, you know, in nine months, in six months, in two months, in one month. That was a way to get emotionally prepared for it and a way to get financially prepared for it. I started, you know, putting out word. I really sought out work. I told people I was available. You got to tell people you're available. You know, they say the secret is putting it out into the world. Like literally, it's not a secret put it out into the world, you know, tell people that you, you know, that they can, they can hire you to do things. Um, then I had yep. the idea for the first book and I had to write it on a really tight deadline. They needed it in four weeks. And so I just put my butt in the seat what? and I said, how many I words do I don't need? even believe that. Yeah, know it was, it, oh I did it in God. the fugue state. That's I don't great. even really remember doing it. But I said, how many words, how many days do I have? How many words a day? And, you know, I don't close that laptop until I've met that goal. And it was hard and it was challenging. It was crazy. And we were trying to sell our apartment at the time and our cat died. And like, it was just really difficult, but it was what was going to get me to the next level. Yeah, And so I did it. And like I said, I'm very disciplined and I'm goal oriented. I don't like to disappoint people. So I guess part of the people pleaser in me is being a deadline meter. And it all has flowed from there, you know, coming to this new country, figuring out a a third world septic system, dealing with all of the fauna. Why did you
0: choose this country? Why did you pick the Dominican Republic? We wanted
1: somewhere tropical. My husband and I had always talked about eventually ending up somewhere tropical. And then, you know, to be honest, a friend of a friend died really young. Um, I think he was like 36 and he just died putting on his shoes and socks on his way to the office in the morning. And we said, okay, now's good. You know, we're not going to wait we're not going to we're not going to retire so we call it pre-retirement because we're both still working but we figured out how to work from afar and that was also part of quitting my corporate job was how can i work for myself so that i can leave new york
0: wow what is it that you get from living in this tropical setting i mean i feel like it sounds amazing and then i feel like i'd be there for 3 days and i would start to get really anxious that there's not enough going on especially someone like you who's like achieving so much and you went to Harvard and you had all of the stimulation and things to read and people to talk to. And then all of a sudden you're like sitting in front of a palm tree. Like how do you make that work? Yeah. Part of it
1: was really forced tranquility. I needed to be unplugged from the insanity that was New York and coming here was, you know, exposure therapy with a coconut rum chaser. I mean, I can't do things here because nobody else is, around to do them like i can't get stuff done if something's on my list but i require the help of other people they might not be working they might not be answering their phones maybe that store is closed on a random tuesday maybe there's a tropical downpour which just calls off everybody's lunch plans because nobody wants to get wet i mean there's all of these ways mm-hmm. of life here that are very much dependent on the whims of other people and the whims of mother nature and and i've just had to go with the flow and so it wasn't easy at the beginning i was very I felt, again, like I was sort of murdering the person that I that I was. But now I'm, I'm like 50% there. Like I still show up on time. But I'm cool with it when other people are 20 minutes late.
0: It's so cool. It's just so cool. It's like you got out of the rat race. Good for you, Sarah. <laughs> we did. We got out of the rat race into the tarantula race. Into the tarantula race. It's so amazing. All of this was so <laughs> incredibly – it's exhilarating, just everything that you're saying and doing. Uh, So we will put the link so you guys can go ahead and and grab all of her work. It is beautifully written and has such inspiration and really practical wisdom in there. So, you know, there's people who are going to listen right now and they're going to be like, I wish so much I could like wake up tomorrow and do this, but I'm terrified. What's one last thing on this episode that you want to share with them about Maybe what they can think about so they don't feel like this is just something that worked for you and won't work for them.
1: Well, first I want to say there's nothing wrong with looking out for number one. You know, you have got to be in charge of your own happiness because there's nobody put on this earth whose job is to do it for you. Mm. And if you can really set that goal, whatever it is, then take those small manageable steps toward it. You know, maybe one of those steps is telling your husband you want to sit down and have dinner and talk about this Um, because maybe… He'll surprise you, <laughs> and he actually will be really supportive and want to do whatever it is you want to do, but you got to come out of your own head you got to stop coming up with reasons and excuses to not be happy um, you know you're in charge of your own happiness, and i'm not you know i don't say that in a in a facile way I understand that like Happiness itself is not a choice for those of us who suffer from certain mental illnesses, but you can choose to take care of yourself yeah. and you can choose to ask for help in taking care of yourself, which might be, hey, honey, I can no longer go to this corporate job anymore. What do you think about me becoming a freelancer? Yeah. Um, and, and so much more. I mean, these decisions can apply to any, any life change. It doesn't have to be career. It doesn't yeah. have to be you know, where you live. It doesn't have to be a relationship. It can really be anything.
0: Yeah, I what's coming up for me is that a lot of people I know who I've had this conversation with and listen to the podcast and they feel it and they're ready. And then they say to themselves, but I can't be a freelancer. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like what I have to teach is valuable or I have no idea what I would do that offers value. It's almost like people look at the freelance thing and then this huge question mark comes up and they go, me? No, nothing, zero. I'm going to just go back and try to find a job. What advice do you give to point people in the direction of what they can find that they can do freelance to support funding their dreams and, and, and how to get over that imposter syndrome? I'm just curious what you would say about that.
1: I would say, what are your skills? What do you feel that you have to contribute? And then where can those skills be applied? And it could be, you know, I'm really organized. I had this idea that I was going to move down here because I didn't know that my books were going to take off. I made the plan to move here. And I was going to be a personal organizer for expats who... You know, rent out their house all the time. Oh, and I, I was didn't gonna know like, that. Are you serious? I was going to like put it all together so that it would be like really seamless, so that their renters would be super happy with them. You know, and so that's a thing that I wasn't educated in. I certainly, you know, probably my mother would be like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense uh, for you," <laughs> but it was just this idea that I had of like, how could I make money? Um, I thought about starting a writer's retreat. I was like, I'm an editor. I have a lot of contacts. You know, and I had all these ideas, and it turned out that that writing books was what did it for me, and so I haven't had to pursue those ideas, but I might. So think about, you know, what your skills are and also what you want to do, and then where can those skills be applied. Um, And I'll close by saying this. I got an email just two days ago from a British guy, and he said, uh, nine months ago, my partner read your first book, and it prompted him to quit his job, and he is now making three times as much money as he ever made, Uh, He's loving the freelance projects that he took on and he works half the hours And he's so happy and I just wanted to know if I could get you to sign your new book Um and surprise him with it and I was like that is such a great Story like i'm so glad that made such a huge difference in both of your lives That he's out there being happy and making more money and you're here being so supportive and happy for him That you're writing to tell me about it
0: jeez I love it so much and I mean, you're doing such amazing work in this world, Sarah. So thank you for being you, doing you, and everything you shared today. You are such a spitfire. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was so much fun talking to Sarah. Okay, so here are some of the takeaways. Number one, be ruthlessly honest with yourself. Sit down and clean out your mental barn. Number two, spend your time and money and energy towards the thing that serve you. Number three, you can do things your way and still be polite about it. When you execute it properly, you have nothing to apologize for. Number four, what's the thing that's really going to make you happy? How about trying that? Number five, if you're stuck, ask yourself, what's wrong and why might it be wrong? The answer to those two questions, that's the first goal. Number six, name your tarantulas, find out what the underlying problem is. Number seven, When the anxious what-ifs are driving you nuts, think about the likelihood that that will actually come to pass. Number eight, if there's a situation you can't control, just set that aside. Spend your freak-out funds on something that you actually can control. Number nine, do what you want to do now because life is just too short. And number 10, there's nothing wrong with looking out for you. You have to be in charge of your own happiness because no one else's job is to do that for you. So like we often do, we made you a cheat sheet with all the takeaways and some discussion questions. You can go to the show notes and you can find a link to download it there along with a link to all of Sarah's books. Thursday's episode is going to feature another amazing interview from one of you. I cannot wait to share with you this story. So definitely come on back here Thursday to hear that. If you want to be considered to be a guest on our show, please, please email us at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and just use the subject line my success story. We want to know what awesome things have been happening as a result of you listening to this podcast. I really want this year to be more about you. I want to be shining a light on you guys, our amazing listeners. So please don't overthink it. Just go ahead and send us your story. Also. Keep posting your wins in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. We're going to be sharing those wins on our Thursday episodes, Um, and I'll be giving away tickets to our Dreamtopia workshop on Instagram this week. So go ahead and follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller because you can stay tuned. I will be giving out tickets, and I can't wait to see you guys at that event. I love you so much. I hope that you are feeling that. I'm so grateful that you are here and that you are starting to put the pieces together and have the courage to just listen to that whisper. And like Brandy said last week, she kept calling her book truck idea this like silly little idea. Maybe it's not so silly. Maybe it's been put there for a reason. Maybe there's something inside of you that is going to resonate and is going to actually start making other people happy and you're going to bring joy to the world. It's a pretty beautiful thing. So this week, we've been in the top 10 in the business section on Apple, and we've been in the top 50 of all podcasts. So let's keep that going, shall we? Because the more we stay high up on the charts, it just allows more people to find us, which I hope will then translate to more people getting busy doing the thing that they really want to do in this world and getting messy and having the courage to show up as themselves. So this is what you can do to help us take a second right now and share this episode or any episode. Just take a second and say, which episode did I love? Which episode really resonated? Maybe there's three of them. Maybe there's six of them. Whatever it is, take a second and go ahead and share the show. If you're listening on your phone, on the bottom, there's three little dots on the screen. You can click that and then there'll be like a little menu and sharing the show is an an option. And when you click on that, you could text it. You could send it to someone's Facebook messenger. It's really, really easy. You can email it to somebody, but share the show. That's number one. And the second thing is take a second. It really takes like 30 seconds and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes because that does also help us keep climbing up the charts. It really is so incredible of you to be here. I know you have so many options of what you can do today and it means the world that you're sharing this time with us. Thank you so much. I hope that you continue to know that you are worthy and maybe that's the miracle. My friend said to me the other day, she said, you know, Kathy, I think 80% of all of this Is really getting clear on the inner stuff. And then the steps are really actually simple. And I was like, yeah, the steps are actually not that hard. It's crossing that, that river, which is inside of you, getting you to the place of maybe me playing small doesn't actually serve anybody. Maybe I should just go ahead and do the things I really want to do. And maybe I am worthy of success and joy. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
2: I could use a fresh coat of paint, change my scenery. Wake up in the morning, Choose to be brave